friends, it's another episode of Donnie's Disposals. I am your host, Coach Donnie Hess here. And if you can tell, I have a third party with me today, unfortunately, being an early morning sometimes. Got to keep track. So world debut of the new puppy, Miss Peppermint here. So as she and she and goes into my introduction, I am Coach Donnie Hess, host of the podcast, and today we have another AFL round review, and joining me today, a couple of the members of the Crowject podcast coming out of South Australia, huge, huge Crows fans, we have Ray and Jade, thank you for joining me to review some AFL footy. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, I I speak for both of us, right? You just speak for yourself, all right? (laughs) Yeah. Just get the woman splaining out early. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Love it. Again, this is one of the reasons why I love this podcast. They don't hold back. Absolutely love it. So we will hop into it. I know you guys talk nothing but crows on your podcast, but we're going to talk all of the AFL just here for a little bit. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, just a quick little overview kind of sky view here thoughts on round 22 we'll start with the lady of the podcast jade Ooh la la round 22 Ooh, it was a pretty good one i think all round some good results went the crow's way so i can't complain too much about that um it was good to see the hawks get up against uh the western bulldogs uh the tim english kick in was um was a good one um <laughs> But yeah, look, overall proud of the Crows' effort um, at the Gabba against Brisbane. I think they did a really good job uh, to perform how they did. A little bit of a lapse in the third that let us down, but and not the best kicking on goal. But other than that, there wasn't really much we could fault from the performance. So hopefully it sets us up for this week as well. All right, and Ray. Oh, it was a pretty good round of footy. There were some really close games, although... As you guys probably know, close games don't mean good games in the case of a couple. Um, yeah, there was some strong performances from strong teams, wins that needed to be had, and some losses that could be pretty costly overhearing out in the West. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. So let's jump into it game by game. Start off with the Friday night footy game as we see Collingwood knock off the Cats 109-101. And I know everybody wants to talk about the controversial calls. I'm not going to go there because honestly, <laughs> I think one is obvious. The other one, I don't think is as obvious as everybody's making it off. Again, that's I, me personally, but this was a great game. This was a great game of footy. Two really good teams. I think Collingwood kind of figured out what kind of they had been stumbling on the previous couple of weeks. No, Nick Dacos, I don't think is as big a loss as many people were making it off to be. I think that their system is kind of one of the things that made him look even better than he already was. He's a great player, but I think he looked even better because of the system he was in. Collingwood gets the win. Geelong now, the defending premiers, on the edge of not making the finals if they can't get a couple of results their way. So to start off, Ray, your thoughts on this Collingwood-Geelong game? Yeah, well, it was it was just a win that Collingwood needed to have. Um, Geelong needed it just as badly, but weren't able to get there. They're getting found out a bit this year without a few senior heads around the group. Um, they don't have age on their side. They've got elderly players, elderly. When I say elderly, aging players. Um, 
they just Collingwood starting to get a few injuries though at the wrong time of the year. I think that the pre-finals buy is going to be massive for Collingwood. Mm-hmm. And everybody hates that. All right, Jade, I know you are a, <laughs> a secondary calling secondary Collingwood fan. Your um... thoughts on the Pies getting a win? Um, yeah, look, definitely much needed for them. Uh, I think when they can snag a win at the MCG, uh, it's always a good thing, um, especially with their next two games coming up not being against the easiest of sides. So, yeah, I think it was good for them to snag the win. Hopefully that'll give them a bit of confidence going into the last two weeks. I, I would like to see them win the minor premiership in the fact that I think they've been probably overall the best side all year. So, yeah, I think it's a win that they needed. I'm glad that they got it. Yeah, I agree. They've been they've been the most consistent side when it comes to it. The 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 top fours had a few shaky moments. They've had some shaky moments, but not nearly as bad as some. And many of their losses have been on the road instead of the MCG. So it'll be fascinating to see that. Yeah. So we'll go to the next the next game. Sees North put a scare into Essendon for the second straight week. <laughs> Essendon goes uh oh, and then finds a way to beat a bottom two side. Finds a way to beat a bottom two side with a nine point win over the Rouge, eighty six seventy seven. But as much as I love, as much as I love Essendon, I have to talk about Ben Cunnington. Fantastic seeing him tick, kick two goals. I would have loved to see North get the win for Cunners here, but unfortunately, just fell a little bit short. So. An awesome game here. Again, Essendon finding a way to win against bottom two sides. They're kind of taking themselves out of my thought process of making finals now because th- these are two games you should have put up percentage and they just didn't. No, 100%. Yeah. They, they're playing into the memes that say that they haven't won a final for, what is it, 1,400 days at the moment, maybe 1,500. Okay, um, something astronomically big. <laughs> yeah, and... Performances like this aren't helping North Melbourne, giving their fans a little bit of hope for the future with some strong performances from from younger guys. This team's been led by younger players and developing players. So exciting signs for North Melbourne and nothing but danger signs for Essendon. They've got a list that should be competing in the top four, but they're a very bottom of the top eight sort of team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Essendon actually haven't won a final in over 6,000 days, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. I was <laughs> the, the, the day since Essendon won a final Twitter account was last updated in uh, August 2021, and then it was 6,204. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't think it's great signs for Essendon uh, at the moment. They've got uh, two big games coming up, and I just think that yeah, that was their opportunity to really show themselves and they haven't. So I don't have much faith in them uh, pushing into the eight now. I mean, it, it was, like I said, it, it was one of, it was one of those, I, f- I kind of felt bad for Essendon because they were, they were in a no-win situation because Ben Cunnington, who I think everybody respects and, and loves in the league, mm-hmm. was it that I think everybody was was secretly barracking, even some Essendon fans were secretly yeah. barracking for North because they, they wanted to see that fairy tale ending. Ben Cunnington kicks two goals, gets the win, goes to his fishing spot out in, in country yeah. Victoria, and we never hear from him again, which yeah, I, I completely yeah. understand and kind of respect because I, I maybe we being over here in the states is you, you see superstars that just they blow all their money and then they become bums and everything like that where it's like ben is he's gonna go he's gonna live on the farm he'll fish and he'll just entertain his life and he'll be perfectly a-okay for the rest of his life and i respect the hell out of that so we jumped to it the result that i had to stay that 
I was super, super excited, but super, super scared about this game as Sydney get a 24 point win over the Gold Coast Suns, 114 90. In a game that I don't know how much you guys kept an eye on this because I know the, the, the with the Crows playing around the similar time. This was one that scared the crap out of me because Gold Coast has been our boat has been the sun has been the Swans bogey team a lot. There's a <laughs> lot of losses, especially yeah. under Stewie Dew, had been had been somebody that the Swans had always had difficulty with. Tuke Tuke Miller kind of um, tagged Errol Goulden for most of the first half, and and the Swans kind of struggled a little bit to kind of get going. They were getting beaten in contest in contested ball and in, in, in clearance, which really hurt them. And the second half, for some weird reason, Tuke Miller dropped the tag. The top, they dropped the Tuke Miller tag, and the game opened up. Mm-hmm. And then the Swans kind of got going, and then they got the got the run out of halfback really going, and and they just looked really really good. So the only thing that scares me a little bit is, Jay, is Joel Armadi went down with a hamstring injury. So I I'll be interested to see is he going to get up for the game against the Crows this weekend? I'll be fascinated on that one because he has been so integral to the forward line for for the Swans. Suns another good performance, but again, just they kind of fall apart in in the in the second half again, which unfortunately has has been kind of their mo the last few years. So Jade, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I didn't actually catch too much of this one, but kept the um an update on the scoreline as it went through. It was quite close most of the game, except for that uh, last quarter, Sydney just kind of blew the Suns away. So, yeah, I think that people have probably been a little bit harsh on the Suns this year and the fact that, like, they're only, like, a win behind the Crows and most of the people in that top eight um, contention. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they've really had a bad year, but it's just games like this where they could have put a team away. They haven't. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think they're just not taking... um, opportunities when they get them and they're really when you look at their list it's not a bad side like they've got decent players you know they should be you know pushing for that top eight but they're just not quite there yet mm-hmm. I agree Ray yeah so to your point about the Took Miller tag on Errol Golden I think what it would have been for the Suns is they only went in at two points up um, so what a tag does around your midfield to the structure and to what it does for what you're trying to do with the football probably didn't seem worth it for a two point advantage. Mm -hmm. So they tried to open it up around the stoppage. They've got some absolute hot things in the midfield with Raul and Anderson and Miller. And then you throw the other guys like Bailey Humphreys through there. So you're just trying to open that up and, and they got caught, but that's what happens. But more interesting thing for me on this, and I've, you've probably told the pod, your podcast, this a million times. Why Sydney? For yourself. Oh, I. It's fun for for me. It's one of those where um, I got in. I got into the game in as a, as a, basically a primary school kid. Um, that we had a channel called uh, Fox Sports World, and it played footy, it played rugby, it played cricket, and. I, my father was a huge sport. So he was a huge sports guy. So he always watched a ton of sports and I got introduced to it. I didn't choose my team until 2016 because of the fact that I had the channel disappeared when I went into uh, secondary and got into, got into sports, different things like that and found the Des Moines Roosters, which is my local team here, here in the, here in the city. And from 2009 to 2016, I, I kept getting the the guys in the team like you got to pick a team, you got to pick a team, you got to pick a team. And kind of the Australian on this on the team was a North Melbourne supporter, and 
I've always been one of those with most of my sports teams over here in the States. I like unique nicknames. And unfortunately, Kangaroos is very popular over in Australia. So I kind of nixed North Melbourne. And I kept seeing the Leo Barry mark in the 2005 Grand Final and Nick Davis's four goals against Geelong in the eliminate in the semifinal um in 2005 and i kept seeing these i kept seeing these i was like who is this red and white team so i did some research and then found out like i said that they were south melbourne moved up to sydney and i'm like that's really cool swans and i kind of went do i pull the trigger and i finally went you know what i love i like their i like their style um 2012's grand final i watched and it was like i was enamored by this hard-nosed tackling second effort huge like blue collar type of performance that they did in the 2012 grand final against the star-studded hawks of hodge buddy and everything like that and i just i fell in love with the style and i said you know what i'm gonna i'm i pulled the trigger in 2016 i became an international member and i have not regretted it so it's one of those a few a few highlights and a a style that I really liked in the 2012 grand final. And I just, I got hooked from there. So, so sorry to you, lovely crows supporters. It wasn't <laughs> that I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't, no. look, I don't know, but it was, it was one of those where it's just a couple of YouTube videos and the 2012 grand final kind of hooked me. And I've, I've been on the, I've been on the swans, uh, on the swans since then. So. It's a better story than my uncle is a St. Kilda supporter. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he's a St. Kilda supporter is when he was younger, he used to play for a local team called the Wingfield Saints. Mm-hmm. And every year <laughs> they'd go to the presentation night and they would play the one grand final that St. Kilda won. Every presentation <laughs> night. So my uncle thinks thought that for those five years that St. Kilda won every premiership that year. So that's why he supports St. <laughs> Kilda. Oh, that's hilarious. I've, I've heard I've heard some very interesting ones. I know with, with several of the fellow USAFL players is that if their club is a sister club to one of them, Philadelphia is the Hawks. So a few of the many of the some of the Philadelphia players are Hawks fans, huge Hawks fans. Um, New York is the Magpies. So I know several people that play for New York that are huge Collingwood supporters. Uh, Jacksonville is now the Saints. I, I don't have as many contacts with them, but I know a few of them are Saints supporters. So there's several. Uh, Chicago is the Swan. So I, I joke whenever we play Chicago, it's like, oh my God, I get to play the Swans. And one year <laughs> we actually met up with Chicago and I got to play in the Swans jumper and I had to take a picture as it was, it was fun. So that, that I got a kick out of that, but I've, you'd be surprised how many people over here are, are huge footy heads, but uh, not as much as you think. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll go from this. How about this next game? I know it's not the result that you wanted, but let's talk about it. I know you guys love your crows. They fall to the Brisbane lions at the Gabba by six. And I'll say this, Congrat! A huge, huge performance by the Crows. Yes, they fall a little bit short, but the Gabba is not easy to play at, and you came so close to getting to to nipping the Lions and sending the top four into absolute chaos. If this would have happened, yeah, a hundred percent. The the big thing about this game is that we kicked thirteen goals, fifteen. Mm-hmm. So, bit of inaccuracy cost us here. Um, a few things just went against us, and you know, you cop that. Uh, really happy with the way that we played. Um, really happy that we had an injury scare that wasn't so scary in the end. So we love that. Um, you know, that's our biggest loss to a top four team this year. 
mm-hmm. six points. So we've humped one of them twice. We've come close to Collingwood, who's been the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if that's the biggest we're going to lose to a top 14 this year, you take that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very much uh, in agreement with Ray there. I think that there's not much that you can fault. It's just that the set shots, especially in the last quarter, really let us down. Led missed the two uh, pretty much straight in front and Tex hit the post in one, I think. So, yeah, you go, if we, if we were able to hit those, then we would have been fine. But, um, yeah, I think we played a really good style of footy, head over the ball, like exciting to watch. There's not really much that you can complain about there. So, yeah, I'm proud of it. It would have been nice to get the win, but I think that um, overall you can't be too too mad about the result there. It's, it, you hate the honorable loss. I, I think some fans are like, I yeah. hate the honorable <laughs> loss, but this is this is another one, like, like you said, with the pies, is that mm-hmm. the Crows are one of those. They're almost dangerous if they get in because they, they are so exciting. They do play a brand that they've played top-level teams really, really well. So if you can find your way into the finals, you're a dangerous you're a dangerous team. I think the issue you also run into is your healthy, your back line has been yeah. an adventure this year with Hinge being injured and, and losing some of the others. So unfortunately, we'll just, we'll just have to see how that goes and leads to a fun game between my swans <laughs> and your crows this week, which again, we'll, we'll talk plenty a little bit later. So we'll go to it. Probably the most talked about game of the round sees Carlton knock off the D's by four 60, 56. And again, controversy rules of the day is the March, March bank touch, no touch, controversy i let me just really really quickly before we go i'm really really tired of all of the whinging by everybody in the media about this okay (laughs) i'm gonna say it now you can't prove that it was touched and you can't prove that it's not touched so stop complaining about the technology because that technology (laughs) does not exist i don't care if you put a microchip in the ball it's not going to tell you whether march bank touched it or not it's not going to I, I just, I find it funny. The Vic media has just lost their minds over this. They're like, like <laughs> we need to do this. We need to do this. You are aware. None of that technology that you're talking about is going to be footy related or is going to solve the problem that you have. Okay. The umpire made a soft call. Are you going to take away the soft call? Well, then how are you going to, how are you going to make a decision? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't understand some of these absolutely asinine decisions that they made. Was this a great game of footy? Absolutely. This was a preliminary final. I agree with what somebody said on like first crack. This is a preliminary final in the home and away. This was physical. Mm-hmm. This was tough. This was contested. This was magnificent. And 60 points won the game. This is where I argue you don't have to score 100 points to make it an exciting game. This was an exciting game and 60 points won it. OMG, I cannot wait. If this is what finals are going to be, no matter if the Swans make it or not, no matter if the Crows make it or not, (laughs) I'm going to love these finals because this is magnificent, magnificent footy. Jade, your Mm. thoughts? Yeah, it was a pretty good game. Slow start, but uh, definitely cranked up. It's after the Tillies, that. man. They were they were all yeah. trying to pay attention to the Tillies. <laughs> I had That's to get it, it in. I had to get it in. That's it. But um, no, definitely. I think it um shows that Carlton are you know a de- very decent side at the moment. So um, I'd definitely be uh, a bit concerned going up against them and any teams that play them in the next two weeks or through finals. So. Yeah, look, the you look at the last decision that uh, everyone is um, 
talking about, but you also look at, you know, there's things that Melbourne could have done during the game to ice it earlier. So, you know, I think we all complain a bit in the heat of the moment, but uh, at the end of the day, Carlton were just too good. Ray? Yeah. I, I mean, you can't, you can't pin a decision by an umpire on why you lost the game. There's 120 minutes of football, basically, mm-hmm. that decide the game. So one split second of an umpiring decision shouldn't, shouldn't win the game for you. So, you know, you can't go to that. This is this is what finals football is. It's nine goals to eight. It's see who can crack into the contest harder. Um, you know, Carlton just keep going at the moment. I still don't trust them fully, but Melbourne just Melbourne are full of Ferraris. They they're, they're going to come good. They're still tinkering a few things. They've got the Grundy drama at the moment where do they fit him should mm-hmm. they fit him so you know this this is a preview of what's to come in the next month or so yeah it's there's so many fun stories coming out of this one but again it's carlton seven in a row and, and again like they could be one of the few outside of the top outside of the top four that could legitimately be a fly contender if they can get on a roll it'll be fun so this next one we can keep it short and sweet because i really don't <laughs> want to put a lot of a lot of air into this one Fremantle destroy the Eagles by 101 134 33 the Eagles are the Eagles are terrible they can never get consistent amount of footy together I don't know about you two I hope you don't mind can we just move on to the next one because again yeah I love my (laughs) Eagles supporters you are great great people this is just one of those just throw the season into the trash heap hope that Nick Nat Luke Shuey and the guys that are retiring can can get out of the way you can get some young guys in get a few draft picks Maybe the number one overall. We'll have to see how that goes, and just get rid of this year because it, you, you, they held on to the old guys one to two seasons way too long. Fremantle capitalized on it, played really well, but Fremantle kind of a disappointing season this year. I don't want to talk about this game too much, just because there's not really much to say. The Eagles were yeah. terrible. Fremantle yeah. capitalized, <laughs> plain and simple. We move on to the other huge upset of the round. Hi, Peppermint. How are you? As the Hawks, the Hawks get another scalp as they take down the Western Bulldogs 67-64, another cracking tight game. And as Jade said earlier, the debacle at the end that was Tim English taking the ball out of the goal square, which I know David King on first crack absolutely went ballistic over, it seemed like, which I understand that unfortunately... Bevo's coaching is now going to take a lot of questions because that should not happen in a game that you were still in it. And if you get the right kick out, you have a chance to get a shot on goal and win a game even after the siren. So Ray, your thoughts on this one, because this one Hawks just too good late. Yeah. So uh, for me, the kick out is more that English wasn't there to mark it. Like that would have been a perfect (laughs) kick out for Mm -hmm. they've got, um, got Bailey down there. They've got some really good kicks of the footy, really long kicks of the footy out of their back half. If someone was to come out of the square 15 metres and put it into the middle with Tim English in the contest, it's mm-hmm. either going to get marked by Tim or brought to the ground where their ground players like Liberatore, Bontempelli, Caleb Daniel, who are the best in the league at first touch possession football, mm-hmm. can move them forward and give them a shot to win the game. 
Libba unfortunately was out with concussion by then. Oh, unfortunately, sorry. yeah, he he got he yeah. got knee, he accidentally got kneed in the head, so he's out this week, I which I think is that. a huge blow to the doggies in that one. So, Jade, your thoughts yeah. on this one? Yeah, yeah. Look, the dogs just aren't really convincing anyone at the moment. I don't think. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they manage to squeeze into the into the finals, but it's not looking promising at the moment with how how they're going. I think that you look at their list and they should be. They should be a top four side and they're just not. So something's not quite working there. And I think that a lot of um, West Bulldogs fans are in the agreement that it's probably the coach. So it's time for something to change. But who knows what will happen there. Might be a coach, and I love the coaching fraternity, but uh, the questions about Bevo really after the Tim English thing is is uh, they're, they're starting to gain <laughs> momentum, unfortunately. So, yeah, they are. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump again. I, I think the doggies, I think the Libba, I think the Libba loss is massive going into this round because oh, yeah. he's he he, he yeah. is so the linchpin to the Bontempelis, to the Trelores, to the McCrays to be able to go forward that I think his loss is going to be massive this week, which I think could really, really hurt the doggies. So we jump to it. The saints, the most unconvincing finals team, I think for most <laughs> people get a big win over the tigers. And I kind of, I hate saying this, but the Marvel stadium jinx for the tigers ever since Dima decided to make that idiotic claim that nobody wanted that, that they didn't want to go play over at Marvel. Hi, Peppermint. How are you? You want to be hugged? Okay. All right. So <laughs> mid mid podcast, mid podcast hug by this little one here. I know. I know you're frustrated. Okay. Saints with a Saints with a win. And again, the Tigers, now we're starting to see kind of now that they really have kind of officially been knocked out. You see Rewalt retire. You see Conchin retire. Saints get it done. And I don't know what I don't know whether to be happy for the Saints or still be with a question mark over my head because this is a Saints team that nobody is convinced in but these next two rounds i think are really going to be kind of their make or break situation of whether they make the final so ray your thoughts on this one because this one kind of puzzled me a little bit win for the win for the saints but the tigers just they didn't look like they wanted to be there yeah definitely the, the tigers just don't play marvel well st kilda play it very well they're going to be a bit disadvantaged that no finals will be played there because that's where they play their best footy if it's at the MCG, <laughs> mm-hmm. if it's anywhere else, they're going to be at a disadvantage. St. Kilda are an odd one. They've had big injuries to big key players. So they've got holes that have been filled by some pretty young, inexperienced players that are doing a job. They're not your household names, but they go in there and they get the job done. So, I don't know, Richmond, I, I'm i hearing whispers that Cochin and Rewalt have gone and there might be a little meetup back in Gold Coast with Dimmer and a star number four who's got some neck tattoos and was one of the best. Well, I have to see. I don't know. I, I, if, <laughs> people would have to go back and listen to me a little bit on the podcast because I'm one of those that I don't, the, the smell of that whole situation absolutely reeks for me personally. And I said something. And again, some people may say, I, I'll regret it. I won't regret it. If Dima fails, I will chuckle a little bit. And I don't mean that like evilly, <laughs> but if Dima fails at Gold Coast, because I just, everybody's like, he's going to do so well at Gold Coast. I said, you are aware they have no pressure forwards right now up at Gold Coast, right? So if he wants to play his pressure forwards type of system, how's he going to do that with no pressure forwards? And no offense mm-hmm. to Cochin, Martin, and Rewalt, but eh, I would not exactly hang my hat on those three being pressure forwards. So if, no. if that's his thought process, um, <laughs> Gold Coast, you're you're in for an interesting season next year, and I don't mean interesting <laughs> in a good way. 
<laughs> I don't know. I I think that they've got the young core. They've got like a Malcolm Roses. They've got a couple up there. I think the name Damien Hardwick might bring out a few fringe players from other teams that aren't getting a go. True, um, but our fringe, our fringe player is going to be the, this flip and is the King brother that's up there going to want to play for him? Is is Rose is going to want to play for him? Does, Tuke, does, does some of these young stars in the midfield want to play for Hardwick because they signed contract extensions thinking Stewie do is going to be the coach. And again, I throw these, I, I know these are hypotheticals. I know these are, these are, um, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Nobody's talking about that. Like what happens if Gold Coast has a couple of these superstars that don't want to play for Hardwick? I, I know Hardwick is a great name, but Hardwick is a kind of a hard ass and he wants it his way. Stewie do was very laid back. He kind of, he wanted the guys to kind of get it. So is, are they going to want to deal with that? That's the other question. So, sorry, well, sorry, they, Jade. I'm stomping yeah. all over your <laughs> no, opportunity to talk about this game. You, you, no, your thoughts? No. no, that's fine. I think, look, uh, good for the Saints to get another win under their belt. I think that, yes, they probably decide that not many people would still think would be up in the top eight. But I also think that at the start, we have to consider that at the start of the season, a lot of us thought that they'd be bottom four. Like, mm-hmm. I think in my predictions, I had them, like, 16th or something like that. So... I think that, you know, I think they've had a pretty decent season for where everyone thought they would be at. Um, but, yeah, whether they sneak into the finals or not would depend on the, especially the result this week uh, against Geelong. But I think that if Crows were to make finals, Saints the team I'd want them to play. So <laughs> I'll keep my fingers crossed that the Saints get up in the next two weeks. <laughs> All right, now it's looking like, right now it could be... GWS and St. Kilda, it'd be, it'd be very interesting to watch them over the next couple of rounds, which is a great transition. And I know Crows fans, uh, c- cover your ears and cover your ears as Port Adelaide get a big <laughs> win over the Giants, 136-85. And this is a little yeah. bit of the power kind of coming back to what I think many people saw during that during that win streak. Again, the Giants have been so good. I think they just ran into a Port Adelaide team that was inspired and, and they just played their best type of game. I'm I'm not worried as a Giants fan, as a, as a, somebody that keeps track of the Giants as a, as a Sydney supporter. I, it's the car it's the Carlton game that I'd be a little bit worried about now since Carlton's on a run, but I get pork just too good in this one. So I know this will be like acid coming out of your mouth, Jade, but your thoughts on <laughs> pork getting a win. Yeah, I actually did go to this game. Um, So yeah, I think Port needed the win. Uh, it, I think there would have been, uh, yeah, a lot of questions asked if they weren't able to uh, get this win at home, uh, especially after four losses in a row. So, yeah, I think the Giants probably just a bit tired at the moment, um, showing signs of that. But I still think that the Giants could really push the next couple of weeks. Um, and if they do make finals, they, they're they a very, very good team. So I would be yeah, scared to play them, that's for sure. That would be a tough out. Ray, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it's just a mulligan for GWS. I hold them a very high regard at the moment in the competition. Port Adelaide, a very up and down. I don't mm-hmm. see really like 136 points is a lot of scoring. Uh, without Dixon, they had Todd Marshall up there, Finlayson. So I just, I, do, I don't hold any regard to this game in the way that the form coming in hasn't represented what this game was. So mm-hmm. give him this week to see which one rings true. 
Yeah, I, I I totally understand on that one again. And the Giants are coming off a tough physical game against Sydney the week before, where they they fell short. So maybe it's one of those a little bit of fatigue, another travel, another travel situation might have gotten them there. So that is all nine games from round twenty two. As you can kind of see, a little bit of everything. Some fantastic kids. So we move to the next section of the podcast. Is my burning questions? These are thoughts that have went through my head that I really want to know what my co-host what my co-hosts think of this so we'll start with it the hottest team in the afl right now is carlton so my, my i'll start with you ray with this question are carlton the team outside the top four that is the most dangerous team to win the flag no i don't think so um i think their big test is going to come this week with harry mckay coming back their forward line functions so well with Carl, uh, with Kerno up there by himself. He gets all the space. He gets all the he kicks great goals from fifty five because he's got all the space where he can turn and burn on the inside. Harry Mackay stuffs that up a little bit, and their forward line structure doesn't work with the both of them there at times. So this is going to be the week to see are they actually a contender? My contender. My number two seed at the moment behind Collingwood is actually GWS. I think a team outside the four that could go on a run, GWS have class everywhere. They've got game winners everywhere. They've got a good structure and a good system. They play well under Kingsley. I think they're the team outside to watch, but I just don't trust Carlton yet. understand. Jade, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think Carlton is definitely on a good run and approving uh themselves at the moment but it does concern me that it has been quite a long time since they've played finals so i think once they actually get to that stage we may see a different side to them i mean the advantage for them is the fact that so many of the finals will be played in melbourne um so you know that is a big plus for them being able to play to that big um like home ground well one the home ground and also um the fans there too so yeah look i think that they're dangerous, but yeah, I do think that I also agree with Ray's point about um, Mackay and the fact that, you know, a lot of people are saying that like, oh, you know, we're getting all these people back in, but they're people that weren't playing, that were playing when Colin weren't doing so well. So I just worry that they're going to bring all these players back and it will mess mess up the structure all around the ground, not just in that forward line as well. So yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, how they, how they go. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Harry Mackay went out when they were still just the horrible, slow, malaise type of footy. So it'd be interesting to see, does does that change? Does it revert back with, with Harry Mackay? I've even heard some people say that they should think about not even playing Harry. I, yeah, which, yeah. Which is fascinating. It's, I I, I kind of love that yeah. because I think if Vasi really wants to show this team that, hey, hey, what you're doing now is worth it, I'm going to hold back a Coleman winner. I think you should do it, honestly. Like, I think until you absolutely think that he is necessary, sit him. He's not playing. You're playing really good with your Kerno and 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 the and the mosquito fat and the and the mosquito fleet um, playing up there. That I think it's I think it's worth a thought process. Unfortunately, I I think Voss gets tainted, gets seduced a little bit by Harry McKay, and he comes back in, and then we'll see. Does does it? Does it throw off their forward structure? Does it decrease what Charlie Curnow is doing? And then does he change his mind because of it? We'll have to see. I that, that Carlton is going to be fascinating over these next couple of rounds, especially considering 
the 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 Gold Coast game is kind of their is kind of their tester before GWS. So it'll be fascinating. Does he play Harry yeah. McKay to go? Does this work? And then revert back if it doesn't against Gold Coast uh, when they play Gold, when they play GWS in round twenty four. So we'll go to it. We'll start with this. Two rounds left. I know we were we were talking about this off mic. Two rounds left. OMG, where has this season went? Besides the Crows, and I know this is going to be difficult for you two, but Jay, we'll start with you. What team or story will you be watching the most in these last two rounds? Oh, look, I think I will be keeping a close eye on St. Kilda because I think that the results that St. Kilda get uh, will help out the Crows if we manage to get the win this weekend. Um, So, yeah, I think I'll be keeping a close eye on St. Kilda and also... Uh, probably the Giants, like uh, we were speaking about before. I think that, yeah, they are a side that uh, could, you know, really, really push for the eight and make a difference in there if they make it. So, yeah, I think those will be the two that I'll be watching the most. All right, Ray and you? So the first team that I'll be watching is Brisbane because they need to make a grand final this year. If they don't make a grand final, they could go down as one of the biggest wasted lists all time Mm -hmm. they've got absolute studs everywhere they've got a midfield that won't quit they've got a forward line with absolute stars and if they can't get to a grand final this could be one of the biggest ways so they're going to be interesting to me um the other team that i would like to keep an eye on is port adelaide because they've just re-signed ken and if they don't make it further than a prelim this year, half of Adelaide could burn to the ground. <laughs> because I thought the same thing. The sack, the sack <laughs> not... sides will be up. Uh, yeah, like... which, which is really, really funny because I was talking to a Port Adelaide's, I was talking to a Port Adelaide supporter who I know quite well who who knows that area and says he thinks Again, the conspiracy theory, whether it is, and again, this is this is no this is no disrespect to anybody on either side. Again, I'm I'm Switzerland in that whole argument because I respect both teams. <laughs> he thinks it was an Adelaide supporter just trying to get a rile out of the port supporters by putting that <laughs> sack Hinkley because it does split ties. So and I one hundred percent understand I, I, I the, the joke again, South Australia is very, very you are one, you are the other unless you're weird and you live in South Australia and you support a team outside of SA, which is always <laughs> even more interesting. Like I listen to the rush hour out of SA and whenever they get somebody who's from SA born in SA and they're like a Hawthorne supporter or a Carlton supporter, they kind of go, huh? Yep. <laughs> so yep. yeah, my, of, dad, my dad goes for Carlton. <laughs> it is, it is very, very funny. So for me, the story is the, the race for the finals, because I, I mean, I pulled up. I pulled up the ladder. If if we if we make the cutoff after Richmond, so where your crows are at it from twelfth, from twelfth to St Kilda in sixth is two games. That is it, mm-hmm. and several yeah. machinations because of the draws with St Kilda, GWS, uh, uh, with St with uh, Sydney and Geelong having the the draws makes things even more interesting. The last day. The final two games, if I remember correctly, are Sydney v. Melbourne and GWS v. Carlton. I'm going to be watching both of those games, and the live ladder is going to be smoking because it's going to be moving so much because of all of these results. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. It is going to be insane. We are not going to know who plays who in the finals, who's in, who's out, until I think the final siren 
of that GWS Carlton game. And it's going to be magnificent. I cannot wait. It is going to be so insane. It, I'm probably going to have two screens that night because I'm going to kind of going to want to keep track of that GWS Carlton game as much as the D's Swans game for sure. So cannot wait. These last two rounds are going to be magnificent. So we get to the point of the podcast. We get to see producer Ross. Ross is back with his question of the week. So Ross, I will send it to you. What do you got for us? O'Connor, that's a beautifully weighted kick. Currently the reigning, defending, undisputed premieres of the world, the Geelong Cats are sitting at 11th on the ladder, even though they have the fourth highest percentage. They're 10-10-1 on the season. What's going on here, you guys? Make, make this make sense to me. What does it say to you that a team like the Cats with that Fourth best percentage are sitting at 11th at 10, 10, and 1. What does that mean to you guys? And what does that really say about the current state of that organization? Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your show. We'll see you next week. O'Connor, that's a beautifully weighted kick. Thanks, Ross. A very interesting question, especially considering their kind of sitting as the defending premiers but be fascinating to talk about so your thoughts i'll repeat the question really really quickly for you two again what does it say that we have a team geelong the defending premiers are 10 10 and 1 and have the fourth highest percentage but are currently out of the finals your thoughts ray that just shows the inconsistency right so mm -hmm. they've been really good and they've been really bad they've been blown out but like so in games that they've been bad, they've hung around just because players keep them around. Mm -hmm. But then other times they can absolutely blow you out. Like they had points against us when we went down there where they were looked like world beaters and would beat us by 10 goals. But then they had other patches where it looked like we could get back into it and run over the top of them. So it just shows a team that is so inconsistent and is just off a little bit. And that's all it takes this year with the competition so tight. Yeah. Jade, um, your I, thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with Ray. Uh, I think that the percentage, I think it all comes down to them playing at home as well. They seem to really blow teams away score-wise when they play at home, uh, especially the lower side teams. So I think they've probably, I don't know, I feel like whenever you see Geelong play at home, sometimes you see like the 80, 90, won't win so and it doesn't seem like like it's not like oh my god that's a massive win for them so I think that's probably why um they've got a good percentage but yeah I'm not surprised to see them um drop out of the eight this year I think that with the people like the play uh like losing Selwood and also the fact that their list is very very old at this point like I'm just it's gonna be interesting to see how they go next year as well but yeah I'm not really surprised um with where they're at and it will be interesting to see if they manage to sneak in or not. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. They they, they got they have the opportunity. They kind of have their destiny in their own, own hands, but they, they may need a little bit of help. So, all right, yeah. next question. Since I get since I have people on the podcast that are huge supporters of one team, I like asking a question about that. And again, I'm not sending negative juju. This is not the Swans <laughs> fan trying to take the Mickey out of you, but I have to ask because I, I'm fascinated on this. If the Crows were not to make finals this year, would you consider this season a failure, Jade? 
Uh, look, I'm, while I'll be devastated if we don't make finals, uh, I'm not going to call it a failure. I think that um, a lot of us at the start of the year were happy finishing around 10th, 12th. Um, last year, we finished the year with eight wins. So I think a lot of us were aiming for around the 10 mark. So, you know, I think if we managed to get 11, you know, you're looking at three more than last year. If we get the, the two wins, that's four more than last year. So I think the signs are good. I think that when you look at uh, the injuries that we've had to our back line, especially in the second half of the season, um, I probably would have wiped us off like three weeks ago. If you, if you told me that, if you told me at the start of the season that this is what our back line would look like now, I probably would have said, oh, wait, like we're done. There's just no, no chance that we're even um, still fighting for a final spot. So yeah, I think that's how, how I feel about it. I'm I'm happy. I think we're on the right path. I think I'd be looking at more so next year and saying, if we're not making it next year, then maybe I'd be considering it a bit of a failure. But I think this year um, we've done well. We've shown improvement. Most of our games we've played, we've managed to stick with the other teams, especially with the top teams. Um, it's just those couple of sides that always get us, like the Giants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm happy with where we're at and I don't think it will be a failure. Awesome. Ray, your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree this season's not a failure if we don't make it next season would be um i think i look at this season we've got 10 wins like if we get 10 wins and we can get 20 games into an, our top draft pick michael Lanny. um we've got games into nankervis into borlace into all of these guys we can sort of build for the future like we're going to get another draft pick. We've got a couple of draft picks to get in. We might trade for some talent elsewhere. Um, we've got backline issues, but it's precious built diamonds back there. So we've seen Worrell come on and look like a good player at the level. We've seen Borlase come in for his first game, look good at the level. So, you know, it, it hasn't been bad. So this is definitely not a failure. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely for sure. And and to make you guys feel better, I had a Swans podcaster on last week, and I asked the same que- I asked the same question except for the Swans. So this wasn't a shot at you at all. It was just one of those that, <laughs> especially with the people in this area, is that sometimes some fan bases, if you don't make fine, if you don't make finals, it is a failure. It is a failure. You did not get to the. But for me, I, I, I agree with you guys. Like, there's a lot of young talent on this team. I think it's going to need just a little bit more growth time. So even if you don't make the finals, there's still a lot of positives. In it. And if you do make finals, the best part is you get a few more. You get a few more training sessions into your young guys. They get finals footy experience. No matter what happens, yep. win, lose, draw doesn't matter. That's valuable for a lot of teams. If you get that final, if you do get that finals experience, that's why there's people that are like, well, if we get finals and get beat it, I would have rather just missed finals and get in and get beat. Yeah. No, because you don't get extra trainings and you don't get that finals type atmosphere in a game. I totally disagree with that argument. W- w- when people put that up, I, th- I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's, that's you just being butthurt as a fan because yeah. your team <laughs> didn't go far in the finals. So you're just going to whine that, that you didn't want to make it. It's like, no, you wanted to make the finals because then you get one more week of footy at least. So yeah. as much yeah. as I, as I... much as I appreciate that, that sometimes fan bases can be a little, Come on, pull your head in, dude. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> finals finals footy around Adelaide. If Port Adelaide and Adelaide are in the finals at the same time, this place is a buzz. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's playing, who, where they're playing. There's planes going wherever the teams mm-hmm. are playing. This city is just a different place when it comes to finals. 
Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll go to a little part of the podcast. I kind of take over just the littlest bit, but I'm going to get you guys involved. So, so you're not just sitting there going, come on coach, seriously. So what I do is I do a team of the week. I do, I do a spreadsheet, a little, not a spreadsheet, but I do, I go through the statistics. I go through the games each a little bit and I pick out players from all the positions and I put together a top 22 from the round. My, my, um, Kind of how I put it together is a little bit different. I tend to put a little bit more emphasis on goals, goal scoring, different things like that. So here is my team of the week, and I put them in the positions that they normally play as much. So wingers will be in this. So I know it's going to throw some people off, but here it is. <laughs> Round 20, starting in the fullback, half fullback line, we see North's Jack Zebel, Brisbane's Harris Andrews, and Carlton's Nick Newman. At the halfback line, we see St. Kilda's Jack Sinclair, Richmond's Nathan Broad, and Port Adelaide's Dan Dan Houston in the midfield. We see in the wings, we see Essendon's Nick Martin and Port Adelaide's Miles Bergman in the center. See Sydney's Chad Warner, Port Adelaide's Jason Horn Francis and GWS's Tom Green at the rock. We see Rowan Marshall from the St. Kilda Saints forwards at the half forward line. sees Jeremy Cameron of the Geelong Cats, Frio's Lockie Schultz and Collingwood's Brody Majacek and the full forward line. sees North Nick Larkey, St. Kilda's Max King and GWS's Jake Riccardi. On the bench, I put one of each, defender, ruckman, midfielder, and forward. The defender is Jaden Laverde from the Essendon Bombers. The ruck is Luke Jackson from the Fremantle Dockers. North Adelaide's Ben Cunnington. I got to give Cunners a little bit of love here, so I put him in as the, the bench. And forward from Geelong, Ollie Henry. I know no crows. I'm sorry, guys. Statistically, very <laughs> even results. So this was not, again, no shots at you. This is, is so, uh, it's just the kind of the way things have. I know it's a lot of names really, really quickly. Your thoughts on the team I put together again, mostly about goal scoring a little bit. Some of the defenders, it, it's intercept marks, intercept possessions, different things like that. This is how I kind of put it together. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes it causes controversy online and gets me yelled <laughs> at, but you know what? It's a lot of fun to do sometimes and it gives me something fun. So your, your kind of thoughts will start. Ray, your thoughts on that team I put together? I think Nick Martin's a good choice. He, he's sort of a forgotten player out there on the wing for Essendon. Mm-hmm. A lot of Essendon players sort of meld into one person. I don't see, <laughs> they just all look the same in my head. Um, but yeah, he's having a very outstanding season. Uh, Jason Horn Francis can go on the shelf, but that's just personal opinion. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with his football, <laughs> but yeah, no, all in all, other than that, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think, it's... uh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think, uh, Miles Bergman is a great choice. He had an absolute cracker of a first quarter, uh, mm. three goals, um, it was just, yeah, absolutely insane. So yeah, he played in that. He played a very, very good game. And I think Nick Newman is another one who uh, goes under the radar a lot of the time, but mm-hmm. is very good at what he does. Definitely underrated. So yeah, I think those two. I like those picks. Yeah, he had a fa- he had a fantastic game. And, and what most people don't realize is he's a former Swan. So <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> little it. little little cheap little cheap one there. Sometimes not, <laughs> I remember, not, not everybody I remember. remembers that. That he, in fact, that the Essendon game in 2017 with Gary Rowan kicked a goal after the siren. Nick Newman kicked a goal to to cut it to 12 points before Buddy kicked it or yeah seven six points. And Buddy kicked it behind, making it five, and then Rowan kicked the goal to win win the game. So I just kind of laughed that that. 
lovely memory from 17. Nick Newman was one of the <laughs> ones that got that rally started. So, all right, we jump to power rankings. This is kind of an homage to the fourth and long part of the podcast. He loved doing power rankings every week. So every week after round five, I do power rankings, but mine is a, what have you done for me lately type of power rankings? The last five games is what I kind of go off of. And then win record, winning record, like win streaks in a row. So here is it. It's going to seem really, really funny. There's going to be some names. You're going to go, coach, what the hell? So here we go. Number five, <laughs> the Hawthorne Hawks. Number four, the St. Kilda Saints. Number three, the Brisbane Lions. Number two, the Sydney Swans. And number one, the Carlton Blues. Yes, I know people are going to listen. Where's Collingwood? Where's Melbourne? Well, they've both <laughs> lost in the last couple of weeks. So that's kind of how that goes. Again, it's a little odd. It's a what have you done for me lately power rankings. But your, your real quick thoughts on this, guys. Ray, we'll start with you. Well, obviously, you haven't been seeing Christian Petrarca's recipes on TikTok because then <laughs> he'd be top of your power rankings at the moment. But no, no I can't disagree with that. Um, all those teams are in ripping form. Sam Mitchell's got the Hawks flying at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. They are the giant killers. Yeah, St. Kilda have had a pretty pretty good run, really, um, with teams to play against. So, yeah, can't disagree with that. But, yeah, Chef Petrarca should be in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jade, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think uh, very much the same. I think the Hawks have managed to take two big scalps um, in the last two weeks. So, yeah, I definitely think they're a good inclusion. But the rest seems all above board to me. All right, we'll go to it. My favorite part of the episode, and that is tipping, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull the Swans-Adelaide game for last. We'll save that for last since we have Crows, Swans. It'll be fun. So first game of the round, Friday night, very close, Collingwood v. Brisbane. I know this is your second team, Jade, so we'll let you go first. Pies get it done at Marvel, or does Brisbane go down and get the upset? Look, I think that I'm going to tip the Pies. Uh, I think that well, they haven't beaten Brisbane in quite a long time, so they'd want to be hoping that they'll be able to get the win. They seem to play them at the Gabba a lot, so I think playing at Marvel, hopefully they'll be able to, yeah, bank that win in. So I'm going to go for the Pies. Ray? I'm actually disagreeing. If this was at the MCG, I'd be all over the Pies. But since it's at Marvel, roof closed, fast track, Brisbane, this suits them to a T. Um, I think they'll win quite comfortably. I, Darcy Moore's injury does it does he get up or not I, I saw him running but then I see the injury list and he's out for two weeks so we'll have to see I think he hurts the defensive line of Collingwood a lot but I still think the Collingwood supporters are going to get there and I think Collingwood really lives off the energy like you notice when Collingwood goes on the road to the Gabba to the Adelaide Oval to Perth they 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 step back a little bit they're not the same team as they are when they have that energy of the Melbourne supporter base because it's at Marvel. I think it's going to be a sellout. I think enough of the Collingwood army are going to be there. I think they're going to give them that energy. I think they win, but I think this is razor thin. I think this is two goals or less. I think this is an absolutely magnificent game. I hope I didn't just jinx it. Touch wood, everything like that, (laughs) because I want, I don't want another Friday night blowout. I hate them. They're absolutely detestable, especially when I'm trying to enjoy a good game of footy on a Friday early morning for me. So we jump to the Melbourne cricket ground sees Richmond host North Melbourne. Can the Roos get the upset that they're looking for? Or do the Tigers send Rewalt and Cochin out on a bang? Yeah, this one's with a bang for Richmond. I think they're going to (laughs) win very easily. Um, 
there's going to be so much fanfare. They'll have a big turnout at a pretty bad time slot, really, for mm-hmm. crowds. Um, they're sending off two of their, their best ever. Um, Cochin is one of them. Since Rewalt sung Mr. Brightside with the Killers after the 2017 <laughs> grand final against us, I don't t- mention his name, but... Uh, <laughs> we shall not be mentioned. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> he, he's been a great servant for them. And for the game of footy, so it, they'll send them both off with with a good win. All right, Jade. Yeah, look, I think Richmond will get will get up, sure. But you know, North seem to have a little bit of a, a hold on Richmond sometimes, so you never know what could happen. But yeah, look, I think Richmond will get over the line, given who's retiring, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna gonna back them in. Yeah, MC because it's the MCG, I'll go Richmond. If it was at Marvel, I'd tip North because I can't Richmond yeah. just don't like Marvel. So I, I don't That's know it. why, but they don't. So. <laughs> All right, we'll fans. jump up to the Goldie Heritage Bank Stadium. Sees the Gold Coast Suns host the Infuego Carlton Blues. I like the Blues in this one. Again, I, I'm going to keep an eye on does Harry Mackay come in, and if he does, how does that and does it bugger up everything in the forward line that they have going? If it doesn't, and they get going. Even scarier, Carlton. If it does, does Voss regret it and switch for that GWS game? So I like the I like the Blues in this one. I think this, the Suns stay in it till the third or fourth, till the fourth quarter. So Jade will go with you, Blues Suns. Look, I'm going to go the Suns. I think their last game uh, up in the Gold Coast for the year. So I'm going to stick with them. I think Carlton are maybe due due for that loss. The winning streak. I don't think will go for the whole season. So yeah, I'm gonna gonna back the Suns in for this one. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm going the Suns as well. We've got uh, probably a handful, if not more, players playing for their jobs. Basically, they've got two games to prove themselves um, to what could be announced as soon as this week that a new coach is headed up there. So they'll be wanting to prove themselves. I think the opposite is to be said. I think Carlton will be with them for three quarters and then the heat and humidity of Queensland will get to them. And the last quarter will become a bit sloppy, and Gold Coast will run away with it by about twenty points. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very very interesting to keep on that. All right, we move up. Giant Stadium sees a cracking game. GWS v Essendon on this one. Ray, your thoughts on this one? Uh yeah, I expect GWS to bounce back. This isn't going to be a good game for G uh, for Essendon. I wouldn't have thought they. Um, yeah, they. They haven't been going real great at the moment, and uh, GWS will want to bounce back after a poor performance here in Adelaide. Jade? Yeah, yeah, very much on the same page there. I think Giants got to get up for this one. I think the Giants win this one. I think this this is much more of a difficult opponent, and I think Essendon struggle a little bit on that one. So a fun one at Marvel Stadium. See St. Kilda take on the Geelong Cats fighting off injury. Can they make the finals? Can St. Kilda solidify their final spot? I have the Cats in this one. I think their experience will come in handy. I think the Saints have gotten a couple of nice wins over teams that I think there's no expectations or they've been doubted. I think Geelong finally kind of brings them back to earth a little bit. I have the Cats in this one. So, Jade, your thoughts? Look, I'm going to go for the Saints purely for my own selfish reasons. Um, But yeah, look, I think you've got to consider there's going to be the roof. I think, you know, St. Kilda play there more often. So I think it's going to be quite an even playing field, but I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, me me too. Saints for me. Marvel Stadium's the, the difference here. 
I agree. I agree. So we'll skip over the next one because we're saving that for last for the fun banter. And Marvel Stadium sees the Western Bulldogs versus West Coast. I don't think I'm jumping too far. Doggies win this even without Libba. How I, I do. don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. Give, give I, us why. I actually, I actually think that West Coast play very well under the roof. They travel to Melbourne well. The dogs are going to be injury depleted. They're going to be looking forward, not right now. And I just think after the performance that the Eagles had, there'll be a few few players stinging. And with the players that are leaving soon, they, they'll want to make a good account of themselves. So I actually think that there could be even a bit of an upset here. Interesting. I like. I like. Not a bad shout, but no, yeah. it's it, it'd be interesting. Normally, West Coast doesn't travel well that, that I've seen, but <laughs> you never know. I think the Libba loss could be massive. This could be set up mm. perfectly. And then another one: the Giant Killers get another shot to take another massive scalp. MCGC's Melbourne v Hawthorne. I'm going to tip the D's in this one, but I think Hawthorne is up to their eyeballs in this one. I think this comes down late. It'll be fascinating to see how Max Gone handles Ned Reeves and, and some of the younger and some of the younger rocks. Can they can they even it out? And does Finn McGinnis get a tag? And if so, who does he get? It'd be fascinating to see. I like the D's in this one, but I think the Hawks are in it till near the near the final siren. So Jade, your thoughts. Yeah, I'm gonna back the D's in as well. I think that Hawthorne may be getting a little bit tired with how, how well they've been playing the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I think the D's D's should get them. Yeah, I think the D's. Um, I think the Finn McGuinness tag's interesting against Melbourne because, as you said, who does he take? And the Melbourne players that you would tag have many strings to their bow and can take him all over the field. So they're not easy to tag against. The only one you really could tag is Oliver. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but D's for me, easy. And for me, I, I like Oliver, but I don't think he's as damaging as some people make it off. Does he get a lot of clearances? Yes. He's not a scoreboard threat, so I'm not, I'd be interested to see how he handles it. All right, so the evil enemy of the Adelaide Crows go out to Fremantle, out to Fremantle at the Optus Stadium, Fremantle Dockers, V Port Adelaide. I'm going to tip Port in this one, but I'm not super confident because, again, Fremantle in the confines of Optus Stadium sometimes can pull off big wins. So I'm going to tip Port, but I think this is another cracker. So, Ray, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it kills me to say it, but I'm going to tip Port Power. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, as you said, the the amount of teams that lose after derbies from two team states around here is a, a baffling number. So after a big win in a derby, they could be on the down slide. So, yeah, I think Port Power. All right, Jade? Yeah, I'm going to go for Port as well. I think they're, they'll be wanting to fight for that top two spots so they can get their home finals. So, yeah, I think they, they should do Rio. All right, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll go. We'll, I know this isn't the last game of the round, but we got to talk <laughs> about this. Having two Crows supporters and a Swan supporter here, Crows v. Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. Real quick, before we do the tips, are you both going to be able to attend this game? I can't. My bloody sister's got her 40th birthday on that night. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did say that on the podcast. I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I and they gave you so there. much stick on the podcast for it. I had, <laughs> yeah. to, I had to crack up about that. It was so, I gave yeah. him even more afterwards. I was like, hey, come <laughs> on. But, yes, I will definitely be there. I will be there. 
Fantastic. All right. I don't think I'm jumping too far because I heard you both tip on the podcast. You both tip the crows and both by nice margins. So just a quick mm -hmm. explanation of why the Croatia will win this game. I just think we play too well at Adelaide Oval. There's going to be big scenes around. We've had an emotional retirement today from Paul Seedsman, mm -hmm. who was taken from us too soon in a playing sense. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the club have said that they've got something going on for him. So I think there's going to be plenty of emotion around it. Season on the line, big crowd Saturday night. I'd expect 45,000 plus, you know, mm -hmm. all the things just play into our favour. Yep, I'm very much in agreement there. I think that uh, the game is apparently almost a sellout. So we'll hopefully uh, have a lot of seats filled there. And I think it being a night game, Crows at home, last home game for the year. Um, as Ray mentioned, the Paul Seedsman news today, which is very upsetting. But And I think with the opportunity that finals are definitely still within our reach, I think it'll push us on to be able to get that, get that win, knowing that the week after we play West Coast. So, yeah, um, also, that's, that's I, my reasoning. I also think that our forward line is so hard to handle at home. Like, you know that big dog from Harry Potter in the first one with the three heads? Mm -hmm. That's basically our forward line at the moment. And then you've got maybe Rankin back this week and Rochelle and those guys up yeah. there and McAdam who's playing really good footy. Our, mm. our forward line is just hard to handle at the moment. Yep. I'm not going to disagree with you. And this is... So everybody's like, coach, are you going to tip with your head or your heart? I'm going to tip Adelaide in this one. And and this is, and, and I'll explain why. Again, as you said, Adelaide Oval, they've been so, so good at the Adelaide Oval. Swan's going on the road. I'm interested to see does Dane Rampy come back because I think that could make interesting matchups. I think Aaron Francis has started to play better. Like I said, it's who does Tom McCartan take? Does Tom McCartan take Darcy Fogarty, who tends to kind of be that more full forward? And then does that let Aaron Francis then have to take Tex Walker, which again, that's an interesting matchup there. I think Francis can stay with him, but Walker is extremely good when he when he can get kind of some body contact. And sometimes Francis can get a little too close to his opponent. I'm interested to see can big Riley O'Brien dominate Tom Hickey in the in in the in the ruck battle. If that happens and Sydney get way down in the in the in the clearances, then it could be a long day for the Swans midfield, especially with Laird Dosso having a chance to to play against it. Again, I know some Swans fans, thou shall not be named. I don't care. Jordan Dawson, hell of a player. I'm happy that he's happy in Adelaide. Congratulations, young man. Do you you do you? I wish you would be in red and white, but unfortunately you're not. Have fun in the tricolors. We still love you in Sydney for sure. I'm going to tip, like I said, I hate saying it. I'm going to tip the Crows. I think this is a tight one. I think this comes down to the fourth quarter. I think this is a shootout. I could see both teams putting up 100 points. I think both forward lines are, I think, are going to have a field day against the defenses if it keeps coming into the forward 50. It's going to be a scintillating game. Jade, enjoy it. Please send me a picture from Thank your seat. You. I cannot wait I to will. see it. I think it's going to be fascinating. No matter what, we're still friends after the game, no matter what the result is. I respect the Crows. love the organization. I know, like I said, everybody has fans that are less than ideal. So I don't take any of the stories that I've heard sometimes personally. Like I said, you two lovely people are fantastic chat for it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our episode today. Whoop. Let me stop that.
I want to give the opportunity for those of you listening to this podcast that have never heard of the Crowject Project. Really quickly, you two, explain to us the Crowject Project and how do we get a hold of it? Because like I said, I am a Swans fan and I love your podcast. I think it is absolutely hilarious. It is worth a listen because your banter amongst the group that you have, the rotating group, which is sometimes I have trouble keeping track of who else on. <laughs> But it is fantastic. Your banter is amazing. You're hilarious. You have me in stitches up here. So really quickly, tell me about the Crowject podcast and how to get a hold of it. So you can catch us on all your podcast platforms. We're on YouTube as well. If you want to look at our, our beautiful faces as, as at the same time. Um, basically, the Crowject is a not so serious take. Like we love the football club, and but we also are just fans of the football club. People aren't going to come to us for a hard-hitting analysis. Like, they'll, they'll go to Channel 7 for that. But they want to talk to their <laughs> mates. They, t- they want to talk to their mates about footy. And and I, we've built a really, really good community of Crows fans and Crom fans um, that just really all have the same thing. And that's we just love the footy club. So it's just a bit of fun. There's nothing wrong with that. I absolutely yeah. love it. Jade, and again, I love it. And the best part is you have not only males, but females too. And I love that connection because I think sometimes so many of these podcasts I listen to are male dominated. So having Jade, having Elodie, and has there any others? I'm Sophie. Told, Sophie. <laughs> I knew there was one more. My brain went, there's <laughs> got to be one more. I know there's a third female voice that I hear on there all the time. So again, Jade, your thoughts on the Crowjet podcast? Because like I said, it is fantastic. Yeah, look, pretty much the same as what Ray said. You know, we really uh, make a big effort into bringing a community together um, and including people that way. So especially for myself as well, like uh, before I met a lot of the people that I did through the project, I didn't have that footy community around me. And, you know, being able to meet these people and be part of this has really opened me up to that and have people that, you know, are interested in, in the sport, love the sport as much as I do. So yeah, you know, it's really cool. We do, you know, we try and do all different types of things to, you know, fit different people. We do our walk and talks after the games, which are always a good time. We do our preview podcasts, our podcast, you know, every week. So, and we're looking forward to covering off on the women's season as well. So, yeah, plenty of exciting things coming up. So, definitely stay tuned. Fantastic, fantastic. And I told Ben this, and I was hoping maybe I could get you guys, talk you guys into during the buy round of coming on and having me tell you a little bit about footy over here in the USAFL. So if I could if I could sneak that in for an off-season chat, I would love to come on, even if it means we waking would love up that. at 5.30, yeah, to tell you a little absolutely. bit about footy over here. And the biggest thing is, for a lot of Crows fans, is that keep an eye on the Austin Crows. They're the best mm. team in the States, seven-time yep. national champions from Division One. So we'll, we'll save that for another time. I have to get ready for work. So we're going to end the podcast here again. Thank you so much, Ray, Jade. You are amazing. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work with the Project podcast from your number one American Swans loving (laughs) Project Project fan. So that's going to do it for our episode, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back with more Donnie's Disposals AFLW preview show coming up very, very soon, along with more Sandful, Waffle, and VFL coverage. And as well, AFL coverage going further. That'll be it for us with another episode of Donnie's Disposal.